The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hey, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is A-list copywriter Kevin Rogers. Go to theconversionkings.com to find out more. Kevin, thank you very much for being on the call with me today. My pleasure, Joey. Thanks. Kevin, how did you become a copywriter? Okay, I'll give you the, uh, the quick version. Uh, sort of an interesting resume item is that I did uh, stand-up comedy oh. in, my, in my 20s. So I was, uh, got to go on a great adventure traveling the states and, you know, working in CD nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it taught me a lot about how to, uh, market, which I, uh, had no understanding of how to apply it to my career at the time, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, it served me well since then. Um, but when I got out of stand-up, I was sort of floundering, did a lot of no-resume jobs, uh, bellman, bartender, that sort of thing. Um, uh, then met a guy who uh, is still a great friend and a brilliant marketer named Chris Tomasulo, who said to me, you you would be a good copywriter. I had no idea what that was. Um, he showed me a sales letter. I thought it was the stupidest, ugliest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> Uh, and, and he, that, but then he started to break it down for me and show me that it was deceptively simple looking and that there was actually a lot of science and psychology going on there. And then he started showing me ads by guys named John Carlton. And I said, ah, okay, uh, uh, this is, is kind of cool. I, I could see doing this. And so I studied the hell out of it. Uh, like a lot of guys you'll meet today. My first introduction to the career aspect of it was the AWAI course. And um, uh, the best value I got out of that was, uh, you know, learning that another friend of mine was reading the same course. And that guy was Vin Montello, mm -hmm. who's a really good copywriter. Vin was another former stand-up who I knew. And uh, Vin was starting to get some clients. So he helped me get my first clients. And uh, then I sort of weaseled my way into John's world, mm -hmm. uh, and John kind of turned me pro, really taught me the invaluable lesson of uh, that it's, yeah, yeah, you're technically getting paid to write copy, but what, they're, what, what they'll pay you well for is to make hard decisions mm -hmm. and be the adult in the room, and that's, that's been the huge difference in my career. Cool. So that brings you up to the present day where you've got a couple of fantastic blogs, and you charge quite high fees to write copy for people, don't you? Yeah, pretty pretty stupid fees. And uh, I'm up there with John now as far as the fees go, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, we're fortunate to work with people who uh, launch products that make them millions of dollars in just a few days and weeks. So uh, the fact that, you know, they pay us uh, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 to create those campaigns is a pretty pretty good deal for everybody. Pretty good deal indeed. So Kevin, I'm a big fan of your blogs and there's a few things that I've read on your blogs which I would love for my listeners to hear and for you to share with them if that's okay. So one concept which is on your blog which I really liked was the concept of story selling. 
Can you please tell us what is story selling and how do we use it in copy? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, it can be looked at a lot of different ways, but essentially what story selling is, is, um, you know, connecting. It's really about connecting, right? I mean, stories are the one thing we've all been doing to trade information and to create meaning in our lives since the beginning, since we were grunting and, you know, learning to, to light fires <laughs> yeah. yep. so many uh, generations ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may, it's, it's always strikes me that when you, when archaeologists uncover, you know, uh, forgotten worlds or discovered worlds we didn't know existed, what they always find is story. Yeah. Uh, the artifacts and, and the, and the cave etchings are all telling stories. <laughs> and so it's the oldest form of communication by far. Uh, there's something intrinsic in our human makeup that, uh, makes it very important for us to relate to each other on several levels. Humor is evident throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's how we learn is through story. So, you know, when you, when you can, uh, one of the great things about what we call story selling is that it doesn't feel like selling at all. Mm-hmm. It, it's all about engaging your, your reader, your viewer, your prospect in a way that uh, makes them feel close to you and building up what, you know, that ever important KLT aspect that no like and trust, which if you're trying to build a real business is hugely important, um, you know, and incredibly easy to do technically these days online. So the story that you weave into the copy, is that how the product worked for someone or how they got their breakthrough? What kind of stories can be effective? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, what that, I mean, every testimonial is a story, right? I mean, the, 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 the greatest way, uh, you know, here's a good tip for people when, when you're trying to get testimonials for your product, because people won't, if people are inspired to write to you to tell about their experience, you know, that's great. That's the best testimonial, but it's, there's certainly nothing wrong with asking people for testimonials. It's pretty necessary part of marketing. Mm-hmm. And one mistake that people make is they just ask, Hey, could you, could you say some, some, some things? Mm-hmm. Well, people are often happy to do that, but they have no idea what to say. Mm-hmm. So what's very helpful for them is if you put, give them some context, uh, and say, okay, if, if you could just say to me, um, how life was for you or what your problem was, you know, what was your number one problem when you discovered my product? How did my product help you solve that problem? And what is life like now for you now that, that it's solved? Brilliant. And that's a story, right? That's a really important story. Uh, and if you can, you know, it can be done in three sentences. It can be done in, you know, a book. <laughs> but for testimonials, what's great about that little formula is that it's nice and, and, and simple and, and clean. And it's a lot more powerful than somebody just giving a thumbs up because it, again, puts it in a context that we can relate to. You mentioned the word empathy on your blog a lot as well, Kevin. Do you have any tactics for creating empathy? Yeah, well, empathy is an interesting topic. This was a real big uh, aha moment for me with with John. We were working on a project together and I um, was very focused on empathy. It was a, a fitness product. So your mind immediately goes to empathy, right? You got to let people know, hey, we know how it feels to not like how you look in the mirror and things like that. And John said, you know, man, uh, empathy can be overrated. 
and don't get, he said, don't get too, uh, blinded or, you know, boxed in by empathy. Uh, and he, he made it, it gave me a great example. I'll never forget. He said, look, if you, uh, if a guy just, you know, um, cut his hand off with the lawnmower <laughs> and it's dangling by the skin of his wrist and he's rushed to the hospital, you know, he does not need the, the surgeon to tell him, oh man, uh, I, I cut my wrist off once, you know, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he could care less. Uh, empathy is, is no, place in that conversation uh he just needs to look at the guy and believe that he knows exactly how to fix it mm-hmm. to reattach it and he said you know don't underestimate the level of trauma that a lot of uh, people are in when they come to a sales page particularly when it comes to body issues mm-hmm. and and health issues um so sometimes you just need to sell the damn thing you know, don't get caught up and, you know, don't do a bunch of throat clearing just to get across that you know how it feels and you've been through it too. Sure, it's important that they relate to you, know, like trust, but it doesn't mean that you have to have walked in their shoes. Sometimes they just need to believe that you have the goods to help them solve their problem. Yeah. And that's, that was a huge lesson for me because uh, empathy was often where I would start, you know, uh, thinking about the sales page and, and the prospect. So it really comes down to, you know, doing your research and finding out what what really is triggering people, which, again, our technology these days makes it so easy because you can start to troll message forums and places like that and see exactly how people are talking about, you know, their issues. Is it OK to make assumptions in copy? I mean, assuming that you've done your research and you know who you're writing to. Is it okay to then make assumptions in the copy itself that you know how the reader is feeling and what they're experiencing in their lives? Is there also the danger that if you get that wrong, that you'll break rapport with the reader and they'll be turned off by the copy? Yeah, that's a great point. There's a huge risk in that. Uh, and I, I would say, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're kind of starting out, that's kind of high level stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, for instance, if it's your first foray into a niche, um, I would tread lightly with assumptions. You know, the, the big rule on ever asking a question in copy is, you know, make sure there's absolutely no way they can answer any way but the way you need them to. Right. Well, you're dead. <laughs> and it's kind of the same with assumptions. You're you're assuming that they're thinking a certain way. You know, there's a really important aspect to a sales letter uh, or video is that you want to get their head nodding yes, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it's pretty safe to assume, for instance, in inter- internet marketing that, uh, again, it depends how, where the traffic's coming from. Is it completely cold traffic mm-hmm. or are the, is it coming from a list of, uh, you know, I am buyers? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're coming from a list of, of people who have bought products, pretty safe to assume they've bought a bunch of stuff and not done much with it mm-hmm. or tried a few things here and there. Uh, definitely safe to assume that they're experiencing information overwhelm mm-hmm. uh, because when people get into anything to where they're on several lists, they've consumed a lot of information and they're certainly confused about how to implement any or all of it. So some some assumptions are okay, uh, pretty safe to make, and um, it's it, the longer you've been in a particular niche, you'll you'll be able to make them with more confidence. However, 
it's important to never fall into a, a rut of uh, um, keeping assumptions because people change and things change and perceptions change. And it's much more interesting and effective to get people uh, sitting up in their chair and uh, taking note of what you're laying down as as a new concept. You know, what, what's more powerful than assumptions to me is um, it, it, it samples saying, look, uh, you know, we, couldn't we both agree that if you could um, promise a, a local business how you get them on the first page of Google, um, that they would be pretty willing to pay you for that, right? Right. Okay, now I'm going to show you how you can do that in your local market right now in real time uh, and then and then do that. And that's like, wow, that's that's huge. And people go, man, OK, I, I could totally watch you do that. I could see myself doing it and I can absolutely see why that's a value to who, who might be my new prospect. So how do you not buy at that point if somebody's just shown you a really valuable tactic? That you could, you know, if you wanted, probably take and go make money with if you are very resourceful. The reason we can give away great tactics in our um, sales presentations is that most people need their hands held, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times what we're selling is not just the tactics. It's the it's 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 all the stuff that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. Um, People feeling like they're they're not going to be wanting for any information. So. that's been our big thing lately. It's not so much about it's not your fault, uh, which is kind of an overdone thing. It's more about here's what's possible and, and, and isn't this perfectly logical that this would work, you know, giving, creating real value within the ad itself. That's a huge thing that goes all the way back to Gary Benzavenga that, uh, you know, uh, I'm thrilled to see taking on precedent again. In, especially in the IM community. There's a fantastic blog post that I read of yours as well, Kevin, which talks about talking to the reader and not at the reader. Can you just let us know what the difference between the two is and how do we do the right thing? Sure. Okay. Well, the uh, easiest example I think I could give uh, of, of talking to your reader or your viewer is like those late night uh, uh, car dealer ads on local TV. Yeah. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure every town has them, and, and somehow they're always louder than the other commercials. <laughs> and I can never quite—I guess they work because I see them in every town I go to. It's just amazing to me that the way, the most effective way to sell something is to scream somebody awake uh, at 11:30 at night when they've dozed off to the news, um, and like startle them awake and 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 scream that you have the lowest prices because I never hear a word they're saying in those ads. You know, I'm so busy looking for the remote to turn the volume down that uh, I don't hear. So for me, I don't know that I find that very, it's interesting to me that like a, a Hyundai is adopted that, that ad style over the last year. Oh really? Uh, yeah. With a, a very, you know, very major media buy. Um, so obviously it's very effective still. So, but that's an example of talking to people. You're, you're just, you just want to make sure, if nothing else, uh, that they get that you're going to give them the best price on some crappy car. 
you know, if you can, if you're tired of walking, come here tomorrow. Don't be late. You know, <laughs> that's a, that's all you're going to get. Yeah. Um, you know, talking to someone is like sort of like we talked about building rapport, telling a story. Um, if, if you've ever followed marketers like uh, Travis Sago, just one of the most brilliant uh marketers he's so so simple he's a guy from arkansas here in the states a real simple country guy and he writes the most brilliant emails um decept deceptively simple uh travis sago s-a-g-o i don't even know how what his url is to get on his list to be honest with you but i'm sure if you googled his name um and just read his emails he's just brilliant at simplifying things and um you really feel a connection to him. Andre Chaperone's another guy who's gotten a lot of people's attention about for the way he writes, delivers his email sequences by using, um, you know, a lot of open loops and, and proven psychological tactics. But again, it's the way he connects with his reader. Um, so those, those are two guys who are great examples of how to talk to people. Um, also John Carlton, if you, you know, read some of his classic stuff, uh, he, he's a little more aggressive sometimes, but he's still talking really to his, his avatar. If you read the famous, my, one of my favorites, uh, the nickel letter, uh, the self-defense market where the guy, you know, goes into a, a skinhead bar and ends up beating up four guys, you know, <laughs> it, it's like, you know, not many people have had that. Ex- it's another great lesson in empathy, right? Because how many people have had that experience, but now we're into fantasy land. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly effective because the the avatar for that market is someone who really dreams of being able to go into a place and kick ass like that. Do you have any favorite power words or phrases? Um, sure, yeah. Um, always, always sort of searching for those. But some of the ones that uh, I I really am drawn to are like humiliate is a great word. It just says so much. Uh, you know, it's one of everybody's biggest fears. If you break it down to be humiliated is, uh, you know, that public speaking is still the number one fear, uh, among people. Yeah. More than dying, apparently more than dying. (laughs) And, you know, I've quoted this before. Jerry Seinfeld had that great joke that, so, so given that fact at any given time, someone speaking at a funeral would, would rather be in the casket. (laughs) So, but we, that, why is that? Because we're just terrified of being humiliated. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge word, whichever side of it you're on, having the ability to humiliate skinheads in a bar who threaten to beat you up is, is huge. Or, you know, uh, being at risk of being humiliated is huge. Um, I, I love the word outrageous. Um, you know, the idea of, of being a victim of something is very powerful. Um, another great word is, is devour. I love that word when you tell somebody that, um, that they'll devour your information. Mm-hmm. It's very visceral. You know, you know, things like ripped off. Um, left for dead, things like that are always cool. It's, uh, I love reading those old sort of, uh, uh noir, uh, detective novels, you know, uh, they're just thick with those kind of phrases. They just pack a bit more punch, don't they, really? Much more than the everyday language that we use. Right? Yeah. Thanks for that. It's a great list. What are some of the overused copy tactics that you see quite often, especially over at places like ClickBank or wherever, which just aren't as effective in 2013? 
A couple of years back, I used to see all sorts of shenanigans going on with people's copy within their sales letters, and I guess in some ways just trying to trick and fool people into buying their products, especially in the internet marketing niche. I do feel that the industry is cleaning up its act a little bit, but there's still some pretty sleazy stuff out there. So could you just let us know what things you think we should avoid putting into our sales letters? Mm. Yeah, uh, in a broad sense, I would say the, the you know the things you want to avoid are, are hype and manipulation. Um, I, the, those are very general terms, but you know, hype is is look, it's always going to work. But you know, you talk about ClickBank IM in particular, where where that's that's where I make my money. Um, so we study that market very closely, and you know, there's just such manipulation. This whole sort of you know. This is the worst one to me. Uh, please never swipe this. Um, you know, I don't know how you found this page. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Someone you probably know just sent me a link to it. Uh, you know, that's probably, I mean, come on. That's just so, it, it just blows my mind when stuff like that is effective because I just think, man, I mean, talk about lowest hanging fruit. Um, the people who fall for that type of manipulation, unfortunately, are very unlikely to ever, um, you know, take the action necessary to succeed. And the person who writes that kind of ad knows that. So right away, we're just off to a bad start, you know. Yeah. And so if you're looking to build a business, um, I alluded to it earlier, the new trend, which I like to think we're at the forefront of, Ben and I, when I say we, my writing partner, Ben Johnson, uh, is is infusing a lot of value into the ad. This has been a big trend in fitness, the fitness niche on ClickBank. Uh, you want to see the smartest guys out there? Look to that niche. Mm-hmm. These guys, these guys test relentlessly. You know, I am just now beginning to to catch up on testing. Uh, these guys have been it, it, test masters for years. Um, and guys, guys like Tom Benuto and you know um, these guys. Um, and, 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 you know, so the, the, the ads that are working so well, the videos that are working so well are the ones that are putting in a lot of tips and really actionable stuff for free. So you can, so if you're going to call it a free presentation, you know, make it a presentation, give them something of value. Cause again, uh, it's the handholding that they're after. If you give them something good, they're going to want more of it. And, uh, you know, never make the crazy assumption that if you give some people your best stuff in the ad that they're not going to buy because they've got what they need. That's the biggest mistake you can make. So give your best stuff away right up front. Uh, you know, obviously hold back what's necessary for them to need more from you. I mean, but um, that's not hard to do if you, if you got a quality product. So, yeah, dump the hype, the manipulation. The, the crazy screaming headlines. Never try to close the deal with your headline. Your headline's only job is to get the next line read or get the video clicked on. Um, and, and put, put as much value into the ad itself as you can and you will be massively rewarded. I really love what you're saying about teaching and giving a sample or some kind of value away in the ad itself. That's a great idea because I've seen so many times Um, where people are hyping up, especially in the internet marketing niche, some amazing method to make money. They won't actually tell you what it is. They won't actually give you any clues. They'll tell you what it's not, 
They'll give you a big list of things that it isn't, and you have to buy the product to actually find out the method and see if it's any good or not. So that's definitely a way that you could stand out from the crowd and instantly show value so people can see what you're all about up front. Okay, so to go into a slightly different direction now, some of the people listening to this interview maybe just want to know how to write copy for themselves. Others are interested in actually making money and charging other people for writing copy. So for the benefit of anyone that's interested in becoming a freelancer, I have three questions for you. First of all, how would you advise they get the right training and education? Where should they go? Secondly, as a beginner, how should they price themselves? What kind of fees should they be charging? And lastly, how do they deal with difficult customers? Okay, good questions. Well, good news on the first one. It'll sound like a perfect lead into a pitch here. (laughs) (laughs) But the reality is, and you may not even know this, that John Carlton just reissued his freelancer course. Oh, okay. And a lot of people don't even know that John wrote a freelancer course. Uh, And I didn't either when I was studying John relentlessly long before we, I ever could imagine that we'd become friends. Um, I heard about this and I hunted, it was not on, it was not available. And I, man, hunted high and low for this thing and finally found someone who had it, who, you know, uh, I, I forget, but I think they photocopied it for me. They were in another state what I paid, but I just had to get my hands on it. And it really, over delivered even more than I could have imagined. It, it, it's broke. He breaks it down the whole process into three things, which is exactly what you need to succeed as a freelancer, which is get good, get connected, and then get paid. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, but you know, good luck finding your way through that, you know, fun house yeah. without uh, a map and a, and a flashlight, you know? Um, so it, it's, he, it's all John's experience. You know, John, did this on his own a long time ago before there was an internet or message forums or all these things that can really fast track your career now. Um, so I highly recommend that course. Um, again, it sounds like a convenient uh, pitch here, but John, I was sort of honored. He asked me to write the forward to the reissue, uh, which I did. And I actually just last night posted that on another blog of mine, uh, the, uh, the, um, the Conversion Kings, which is my blog, along with my partner, Ben. And uh, I'm offering a bonus if anybody wants to buy John's course yeah, through my link. Um, and part of that is a 30-minute uh, phone consultation where they can basically ask me anything they want. Okay. And if they don't know what to ask me, I'll tell them exactly how to uh, you know, um, get uh, great word-of-mouth leads forever. Brilliant. So, so that's that, and that really is, you know, I bought all kinds of books. Uh, Bob Bly's got a, a decent one that's probably a little outdated called something like the freelancer lifestyle or something, uh, where he actually talks about fees and things like that, which was helpful to me in the beginning. Um, but I, I really think John's course is sort of the end all be all. Not a lot of people writing courses on how to specifically become a freelance copywriter. So pretty rare resource. Is that something that's going away soon or is that going to be around for a while? If, say, someone is listening to this interview in a few months' time, Kevin, is the link still going to work? It will. Yeah, I, I'd love to I'd love to put some false scarcity on it. But no, I'm going <laughs> to I'm just going to I'm just going to keep it up there because, again, there, you know, people come into this all the time and um, who knows how they end up here. But it's uh, it, 
they need to for the first thing they need to find out is if this is right for them, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I focus my forward, which I give an excerpt of on the blog post, uh, because the, you really need to do a gut check and ask yourself some serious questions. I, it, it, freelance writers have what I call the sickness, <laughs> uh, because there's really no logic to the fact that, like I told you, uh, you know, the marketers I, I write campaigns for are making 90% more than I am for the work I do. So the logic says, man, why don't you just figure out to do how to do what they do and keep all the money? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I call the sickness because there's just, it's something really cool about, and it's kind of a calling to, to be amongst the great copywriters and to sort of have that quest, uh, that gets, you know, birthed in you at some point. So if you have that sickness, this is the book you definitely want to read to find out if this is right for you. Okay, cool. When you charge fees when you're first starting out, is it a mistake to charge low? Does that show that you're an amateur or do you actually just build up your pricing the more experienced you get? Yeah, definitely. I'd say definitely build it up. You know, uh, the only thing I tell people is never give it away. Uh, A lot of people make the mistake of saying, I'll do anything for free. I just need to practice. That's, you know, the problem with that is um, that no one appreciates anything they get for free, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one, the closest version to free I, I would allow someone I was working with is, okay, you know, it, it partner up with a marketer who, you know, might have fell on hard times or whatever, but has some uh, indication that he knows what he's doing. Um, for, you know, make a con, a, a, a simple contract where he agrees to use your stuff and, you know, take your money on the back end. Uh, this is a fine way to start to learn how to deal with clients and maybe, you know, uh, make some nice money on the back end. But what, what the general guide I give people when they're starting out is look, start with a price that gets your attention, but doesn't keep you up at night. And what I mean by that is if you overcharge, uh, you're going to be freaking out. If, if you care at all about the quality of your work and treating your clients right, you know, if you've overcharged by $5,000, you know, or something, you're going to be very uncomfortable delivering that project. Yeah. So uh, don't, don't stress yourself like that. You know, charge something that seems fair and, and, you know, if it's a little lower than you might have been worth at the time, it's okay, man. You're learning. Yeah. Um, you know, get, do a lot of critiques. That's another great tip. You know, one thing you can do for free is critiques. Like if you go on the warrior form and look in the copywriting section, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these people constantly asking for critiques. And you know what? A lot of times they're, they're boneheads and they won't use the stuff or whatever, but it's a great way to learn how to become an expert, mm-hmm. right? So just know that you're doing it for you. And if, you know, if they take something from it, great, but, it's all about, you know, building the confidence to, to put yourself out there and have other people tell you, you're crazy. That's the worst advice anybody's ever given. You know, it's not the end of the world if you, if you get it wrong. Uh, it's a great way to practice because ultimately what you're going to get paid, uh, outrageous fees for is being someone's expert. So practice being an expert as much as you practice your writing. Okay. And there's lots of free, uh, ways to do that. Finally, do you ever get in a nightmare situation, Kevin, where you've done the work and a customer says they don't like it? Yeah, yeah, it sure can be. A nightmare is exactly what it is. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's again, it's one of those things that's kind of going to happen. If, if you're in this for the long haul and you're going to make a lot of money, um, and I'll tell you, it's really painful. It's like I had it happen, uh, it was the last year. Uh, I just think it was two years ago, October 2010. I remember it vividly. <laughs> uh, it was so painful. I, I told my wife, I said, this, cause you know, you're in the project together and, and things just, you know, look, if you have 12 new relationships a year, a couple of them are going to go bad, you know, uh, it's just the odds of life. Yeah. And, um, when it does, it feels like breaking up with, with a, with a girlfriend in slow motion. It's like, you, know, you can't even just end. It's like living together, yeah. you know, and now you, you have to go each look for other places to live. And, oh, it's painful. Yeah. So, um, you know, you just got to deal with it. And what, what you'll learn from it, thankfully is, you know, one, it'll, it'll make you tougher. It's like be, when I was a stand up, like every time I would bomb, in the early days, I think, all right, well, I just learned 20 ways of not to bomb again. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good thing. And it's the same thing with, you, you know, you, you're learning how, what kind of clients you don't want to work with, yeah. how to look for red flags, you know, little strange things you might not suspect, like of the few jobs that have gone horribly wrong for me, there's very often two or more people involved in the project. There's partners to deal with. Okay. Um, rather than one individual. So little things like that, that you kind of learn like, ah, and then you, it just becomes an instinct. You develop an instinct for what might be some red flags to avoid. And hopefully by then you're in a position where you don't need the work and you can gladly say, yeah, you know what? I don't think we're right for each other. Good luck. Kevin, thank you so much for all the information that you've given us today. Where can we get more of your free information? Where can we find out more about your premium or paid information? Sure. Okay, so probably the best hub right now is uh, theconversionkings.com. That's been my primary blog for the last few months here. And uh, we put up a lot of really cool stuff there. Like we, if we have a runaway success campaign, we'll, we'll break it down for our readers, you know? Wow. and like you could still I think there's one on the copywriter's edge we did for Mobile Monopoly, which was a huge campaign where, you know, we go through the entire video and pre-launch launch everything we did because, you know, uh, John taught me a great thing uh, about sharing. Uh, he said, look, always share your best stuff with other people, because when you do, it's very likely to come back to you even better than you gave it away. Right. And that's it's it's always been true for me. So people kind of wonder, well, what are you up to? Like, why do you why do you give this away? It's and that's why, because um, I was desperate to learn it at one time, too. So if I can help somebody awesome. So, um, yeah. Um, and then the other one is the copywriter's edge is the blog. I think you're alluding to, mm-hmm. which um, is got a lot of great archived content there. Um, I don't find the time to write for that one as much as I used to, but it's, it, that's still where my heart is on that blog. I love that, love that place. And, um, so yeah. And anything we do, uh, paid products. In fact, we've got a cool one coming up uh, right now. It's going to launch on March 20th, which is all about crossing over from, uh, warrior form WSO space into ClickBank. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have misconceptions and scary notions about ClickBank and we're kind of, helping people realize that it's all about how you treat ClickBank. Yes. Uh, you don't have to be, uh, you know, um, a douchebag to succeed over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pardon my French. Yeah. Um, but that's just, you know, so, 
Um, anything we uh, put out or promote, you'll be hearing about on that blog too. So cool. glad to have, glad to have everybody. Excellent. Well, that's the end of today's show. Thank you all for tuning in. And Kevin, thanks so much for being on the show. All right. Thank you, man. It's great meeting you. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. 